Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. In the past three weeks, I've done episodes on the Mothman prophecies and then also on Antrim, which is supposed to be the deadliest movie ever made, which definitely it's not. And I kind of wanted to continue the, I guess, sci-fi and weird type of (laughs) movie or occurrence. So with that, I think we should actually go and explore the story of Travis Walton, who wrote the book The Walton Experience in 1978 based on his own alien abduction, which occurred in 1975. This is the 1993 film, Fire in the Sky. Alright, so before we get into the actual movie, I think we should get into Travis Walton himself. He was an American forestry worker, also known as a logger. Basically would just kind of go and cut down trees and clear out the forest. And they survived by contracts and such. Welp, on November 5th, 1975, he was there with his co-workers and Welp, he was abducted by aliens. His story sounds a lot like other alien abductions of the time and maybe from movies and such as well. But the thing that this has going for it is that it actually has been the most, I guess, well-documented version of an alien abduction. And then also... It seems like something may have happened out in the woods that night. I don't know what. I don't know if it was an alien abduction. I have not read his book. But anyway, maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there. He was abducted on the 5th and returned by the 10th. The aliens were nice enough to return him back to Arizona. But now that we have a little backstory on this whole thing, that leads us to the movie in question, 1993's Fire in the Sky. Well... Fire in the Sky is a movie that I saw in theaters originally back in 1993 and I wound up coming away from the theater very disappointed because I didn't know that it was more of a drama. It didn't focus on Travis all that much, but instead kind of focused on the other characters, notably his soon-to-be brother-in-law, Mike. The movie itself kind of deals with just the simple fallout to everybody and not only that how it kind of ripped open a town a little bit and I'm going to guess that it's probably somewhat true I know that it is a Hollywood production so it means that there's also some made up and fluffed up things notably the alien abduction stuff when he's actually in the UFO that was all a writer's imagination apparently paramount and everybody they were disappointed because of the fact that it was too similar and too stock to any other alien abduction i guess story out at the time and well that kind of mirrors the events of the book as well but what they did they kind of upped the ante as far as the confusion and the horror aspect Sadly, we only get maybe 10, 15 minutes of an actual, I guess, what his experience was. And the character of Travis is pretty absent from the entire film, which is funny because D.B. Sweeney gets top bill, as far as I know, as far as acting in this movie. And 
well, he's not in it all that much. I do think they did a good job as far as the casting of the movie. It does have a pretty strong cast. I'm glad that they cast Robert Patrick in the role as Mike. I think it's kind of funny with his character change by the end of the movie when his life essentially falls apart and he winds up getting a divorce. It's kind of funny because he becomes a hermit and a little bit of a mountain man, so I guess social distancing would be perfectly fine with him. Or at least that's how his character was portrayed. But I will say that this is another film that Robert Patrick actually shined in. I'll say it again is that I think he was kind of an underused actor in a lot of different productions. And, well, he does a good job here. And he kind of has to because even though he is not the main character, he essentially is the lead here. Everything about the movie, it has good direction and everything. It's just that it drags a little bit in some of the middle parts. And that's specifically with dealing with the fallout of this happening in the town. And everyone thought that these guys murdered Travis Walton when they really didn't. And they were submitted to a polygraph test. And five of them, five out of the six, actually passed it. And there was one that was inconclusive. I do know that in 1993, I believe it was in 93, the one guy that was inconclusive did take the polygraph again, and, well, he passed. But then again, we also know that polygraph tests are not 100% accurate, and they pretty much go based off of your heart rate and whatnot. Remember that point. I'm going to come back to it later. So when I was disappointed in the theater as a kid, in my rewatch of this movie, it's actually a good movie. I do like the nightmarish abduction scenes. I just wish we would have got more of them. I'm going to say that this was probably a somewhat low, medium to low budget production. I know it was made for around $15 million or so, and this really wasn't a big box office success. It actually only made about $19 million in theaters. I know it has somewhat of a small cult following now. I don't know how fondly remembered it is by everybody though. But anyway, back to the abduction scene. It's done really well in the movie when Travis initially gets abducted. It's actually really cool with the way they showed that he got hit by the beam and that he essentially was just lying there and his friends deserted him, which not the best thing to do however I can understand that I would have been terrified too if I saw a UFO and saw my friend get more or less attacked by it so in the last 20 minutes or so that's where we get these actual scenes of Travis's experience in the UFO I think that they're some of the best I guess uses of space horror if you want to call it that they actually did a really good job of conveying this confusion and this being terrified. I mean, you even have a scene where he's in like a pod type of thing and it looks like he's just being digested or something in this pod. And that's even, I guess, further clarified on that he rips open another one by accident and it looks like there's a person that's just rotting away inside of one of them. I'm going to go so far to say that this here is worth the price of admission to actually watch the entire film just for these 
I don't know, like I said, about 10 to 15 minutes worth of scenes because I think they're awesome. And even more impressive is the fact that the aliens themselves were maquette puppets and the puppetry on them and I guess stop motion type of work that was done on them. It looks great. It still holds up today. The aliens themselves look definitely look realistic. And I really can't say enough with how good they actually looked. The movie itself does end on a little bit of a Hollywood, I guess, kind of sweet ending. And that's fine and good and everything. But if you go through all of that, and it does show a little bit of Travis's PTSD, I can't see that even if it's two years later, two and a half, whatever they said in the movie, I can't see where you would rebuild that quickly. But it seems like everything's all good by the end, and you get a warm feeling, and it's happy, happy. But I don't think it exactly worked out that way. I can't be sure. I don't know. I don't know the actual experience of what happened. Um, I don't know whether this whole thing was true or not. For the record, I do believe in aliens, but do I believe that they were here? I have no clue. But if the universe is big enough for everything, you know, why can't there be other civilizations and other worlds with other creatures? But they're so far away, it makes me wonder how in the world they would even get here. I guess they're just that more advanced than what we are. Who knows? The most surprising thing about the movie Fire in the Sky is the fact that it almost has a remake. And it almost has a remake in the TV show Paranormal Witness. In Paranormal Witness, they had a special extra long episode, which it was 90 minutes when it aired. However, it's only about 62 minutes if you're to watch it on a streaming service. That's because of commercials, of course. But anyway, they do recount some of the scenes from Fire in the Sky as well as in true Paranormal Witness style. They interview the real people. That's right, we see the real Mike, we see the real Travis, and they tell their supposed real stories. I say supposed because, again, I don't know if it's true or not. But looking at it this way, who am I to say that it didn't happen because I wasn't there? And who are we to actually judge on somebody's experience or their story because it could just be a story or it could be an actual account? We'll never know. But I will say that the actual, I guess, people involved and the people interviewed for this Paranormal Witness episode... The only one that doesn't really seem to have, I guess, any sort of emotion in a lot of the scenes that they show with the near documentary style interviews is Travis Walton himself, which kind of bothers me a little bit. It only bothers me because this would definitely be a traumatic experience and he claims that he still gets goosebumps and stuff just talking about it. However, on this episode, it couldn't be further from the case, just judging by his, uh, I don't know, his demeanor and the way he does talk about it. It's very professional. However, when they do interview some of the other guys that were there that night for the actual abduction, it definitely seems like there's a good possibility that something did happen. 
I do know that the sheriff still thinks it's a hoax, which I thought was interesting. The sheriff thinks that it's a hoax and that Travis just kind of did this as a get-rich-quick scheme, which I guess he wound up doing with him writing the book and everything like that. But, I mean, hats off to the producers of Paranormal Witness because they do go and make it so that there is that little bit of doubt that it may not be true. And I kind of like that they did that because it allows for you, the viewer, to actually figure it out or think about it anyway. I will say that if you're going to check out Fire in the Sky, I definitely recommend afterwards checking out the Paranormal Witness episode. They could have very easily just bought some footage from Paramount and cut it into the episode, but they did a good job of, I guess, reshooting it and actually making it slightly different, yet sort of the same story. But it's just kind of fascinating to me that we did get this more or less remake on a smaller scale, and it was still pretty effective. A lot of the alien abduction stuff is kind of creepy, but it's definitely creepier in Fire in the Sky. But yes, if you do check this movie out, or if you have fond memories of it, maybe revisit it and then and then watch that Paranormal Witness episode because it really does make a nice companion piece to the Fire in the Sky movie. But with all of that, we have the movie, we have the book, we have Paranormal Witness, and, well, Travis Walton himself, I honestly am just not sure about his story. I... I know that this is a very famous case and, well, I just don't know. I know that there's a lot of people that shot holes in his story and everything. He did pass the polygraph himself. However, Travis Walton did have another polygraph test, this time on the ultra-trashy Fox game show called The Moment of Truth. And on this show, people would be strapped to a polygraph test and would be asked the hard questions of their deeply personal things that generally no one has any business to, to do and would hum humiliate themselves on TV for money. And well, Travis Walton was on that show and he did have the polygraph strapped up to him. And when he was asked about the you know, were you abducted in 1975 and this and that? Well, he failed it and they determined he was lying. So, as I stated before, they're obviously not, you know, super accurate or anything like that. However, it kind of bothers me that he did fail one and he did it on national TV. I think this actually happened back in 2009. I'm not entirely sure on when the exact air date was. I didn't watch it, but I did do a tiny bit of research. And, well, okay, so he failed one. That was in 2009. Paranormal Witness episode was in 2012, I believe. So, obviously the producers of this thought that he wasn't lying or either they were just hungry for an episode for their TV show. I'm not sure which, but well, Travis Walton to this very day still says, yes, I was abducted by aliens and yes, you know, this is true. This happened. So I think we do need to give him the benefit of the doubt, but still remain skeptical. 
But with that being said, I think I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, check out my webpage at adamanalyzes.com. You can check out some of the older episodes and such if you need to catch up. And also, if you don't do the whole social media thing as far as contacting me, drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I do take requests, and then also I do like to discover movies that I may not have seen before. One last thing, too, if you do have a free moment, if you would, I'd appreciate it if you would maybe give me a five-star rating on the podcast listing platform of your choice. That will allow me to keep making episodes for you guys, and then also, I just simply love those digital hugs. And you probably thought I was going to let you go. No, not just yet. This is also part of the WTF block. What is a WTF block? Well, you probably are saying WTF right now at that. Well, that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We have our main podcast, In Our Honest Opinion, which drops every Thursday. We are on a slight hiatus right now. However, we will be back at some point in time. And you know my episodes come out on Friday... So you're probably wondering, what about Wednesday? Well, Marvin, one of the hosts on Inner Honest Opinion, he has his own podcast as well called Buddy Talks. And if you haven't checked it out, give a listen as he always has some pretty fun things to talk about and also has some fun guests on his show too. But with that being said, good night.